46 to 10, 39 to 20, 42 to 10, 55 to 10, 52, and athletic events that we've watched through the decades, scores of games, 42 to 10, 55 to 10, 46 to 10, 46 oh, oh, to 10. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What Super, events? Super Bowls. Super Bowls. Yeah. Super Bowls. Yeah, I, I lived through all of those. Yeah, we did. And we, we live. the game has gotten better in the sense of more for a while. When I think about the 80s and a lot, of, yeah. I mean, there were some sporadic competitive good games. There was a but long run of terrible just games. Just bad games. Yeah. Where where the halftime show and so on would generate more conversation than the game <laughs> itself, except 46-10, for whatever reason, still it worked for me. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. When I refer to 46-10, can you give me the game? Uh, 49ers. Yeah, they have the 49ers are on the front ends of a lot of those blowouts, that's for sure. Uh, but 46-10, to oh, me, was it, that the in Bears? the mnemonic, yes, the Bears. Yeah. The mnemonic device of 46-10. For whatever reason, forty six ten is a corresponds to a great verse in the Psalter, uh, the Psalter. Uh, be still and know. Anyway, forty six ten is that. So I've always sort of remembered forty six ten and mm-hmm. that game while a blowout, the Super Bowl shuffle, Walter Payton, yeah. not getting the ball at the end. I'm still mad at Ditka oh, yeah. for that. Yeah. Give a you can let refrigerator. Perry, a novelty act, score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and you don't give it to Walter down there late. I was upset. That, to me, was the only reason it was still, in a sense, the game could Peyton get a touchdown in this game. That's why I was glad that Ken Simonton got one Mm -hmm. in the midst of 41-9, another mnemonic device-type game, 41-9. But he only got one when he had a bunch of them during the course of the year. Simonton slash Peyton, they both need to score in those big games, and Peyton didn't. Walter did not get the ball down there. They ran Refrigerator Perry right. in as a novelty big act. controversy. I didn't like it no, at all. It was, it, was, it was terrible. But 46-10, nevertheless, that team was compelling enough. The personalities were <clears throat> compelling enough. The game itself, while not, no. was entertaining just because the Bears were such a high-level entertaining act. And I just wonder now, when you asked how long did I last, I, I didn't see much really. I mean, I watched, mm-hmm. but it was clear this isn't going to be close. This is. I was hoping maybe when TCU, I, I didn't have a dog in the fight, right. a bulldog or otherwise. I Same didn't here. care, but I was hoping for a good and compelling game like the semifinals were. This was sure, not the sure. Obviously that. I guess as we roll into some open phones today, Andy Peterson will join us a national coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we were honored to have Scott McDonald, the regional high school baseball coach of the year, encompassing a lot of our territory, and he won it for the region. Andy Peterson just won the 2022 ABCA Pacific Association Division National Coach of the Year, and he will join us uh, from his post at Lynn Benton Community College and the head baseball coach of the Roadrunners. He'll join us at 11.30. But some open phones now. The thing that, John, I wonder about you and the, the old Super Bowls when the games were blowouts and the occasional good game that really was the outlier for a long time. They've become better yeah. as the years have gone on, the closer and more competitive games. The last real big blowout was the Seahawks win over Denver 
43 to 8. Yeah. And the games have been fairly competitive since then and and re, and in some cases very dramatic and dynamic. Yeah, there's a whole generation that doesn't even know that there was a good run of 15 in a row that were bad or 15 just about and with the occasional yeah. closer yeah. game 26 For me, it 21. Started, it goes back to 1977 Cowboys and uh, Broncos 27 27-10. 27-10 works for you. Yeah. That's a score you'll always remember. Forever. Uh, and 27-10 came up again a little while later with Jim Plunkett and the Raiders winning their Super Bowl 27-10. But scores, scores of Super Bowl games for yeah. a long time yeah. stay with me. And I, the first two were 35-10 and 33-14. Then you've got 16-7 with Joe Willie. Mm-hmm. Then you've got 23-7. Then you got 16-13. Then I think you got 24-3. Then I lost 14-7 my Super Bowl in <laughs> Super Bowl seven. And after that, I begin to fade. What was the uh, Dolphins and Raiders in 76? <laughs> well. Howard Twilley. I remember the game, but I don't remember the score. Dolphins, Raiders? In, was well, that, that wouldn't was be a that Super a Bowl. Was that a Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. There was The Raiders won 32-14. to 14 over Minnesota in their Super Bowl. Minnesota, in you're talking what? about the the Dolphins? Well, Howard Twilley? Yeah. Okay, well, they won back-to-backers, I think, over over my Redskins 14-7, to and maybe the one you're thinking of, they won the following year to go back-to-back. And maybe that was the Twilly team you're thinking of. Twilly was on the 17-0 and team, I think, too. Yeah, well, that would have been the first that I can recall. Mm-hmm. You know, being of age where you, you talk about it with your buddies. Right. And then you come back to school the next day. The thing that some of those blowout games did have was an element, and maybe last night's game held your interest from this standpoint. And some of those old Super Bowl blowouts, and I'm just wondering if it did for you or for anyone listening. The sheer artistry of a team performing at the ultimate highest level. Yeah. Dismantling another, in theory, competitive team that navigated a pretty tough schedule and won a playoff game and yeah. got to this stage only to be obliterated, be blown <laughs> out. Is there Was there any interest for any of you last night watching a perfectly functioning machine in Georgia Bulldog football? I'm curious. Did you watch and enjoy the game at all simply from watching a team a la back in the day when the Niners would beat people 55 to 10? Yeah. Or 42 to 10 when Doug Williams had his day. 55 10 over Denver. Yes, Denver's been at the back end I of the I slept through a lot ones. of that one. Exactly. I remember these games. Yes, we because we've all, I have seen, save, yes, and I remember even one being on in our household, 35 10, but I wasn't yet a fan, but it was on. Hmm. I have seen with my eyes parts of every Super Bowl game that's ever been played well, that's you're on old. the television set. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And my dad, the only time I've said this before, the only time my dad essentially said no, C.S. Lewis says of George McDonald, the part of George McDonald's experience as a child was that anything he asked his father, his father gave him. And that gave him uh, thus an inspiration to write about the fatherhood of God and so on through his life in a very eloquent way, George McDonald. My dad was close to the George McDonald type, except when I asked for <laughs> tickets to Super Bowl Seven. My Redskins were playing in it. And the year before, dad and I had gone together to Monday Night Football, Rams, Redskins, the Coliseum, December 13, 1971, 
chilly night for L.A. purposes, not raining like Rome and the L.A. people have been talking about <laughs> today. It's raining in L.A. And apparently, John, did you did I, they show it on TV slanting rain coming into SoFi and was, people slipping all over the I place? I didn't see it in the first half because I quit. I, I stopped at halftime. And I didn't see it, but I just read a story that there was a section that wasn't covered at SoFi, which we wouldn't have known because no. when we were there, I was, I've was i been there, yeah. uh, and it's not, you just wouldn't know. The weather's just beautiful. It's unusually cold and rainy in L.A. right now. That has to be an extremely bad look, though, today when you think about yeah. ballparks. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about Janet Marie Smith, Dave, Dave and Tumwater. Remember that name because Kip sent it to us. With the passing of Ron Lubinsky, clearly an innovator and an important developer of ballpark stadia in the world. Mm -hmm. But Janet Marie Smith, according to what Kip Carlson sent me and what I've subsequently researched a bit, wasn't able to find my Peter Richmond volume in ballpark. But I know I've got it at home somewhere, which would explicate the full tale of the building of the beautiful Oriole Park at Camden Yards that began the retro look Mm -hmm. of ballparks that have improved the experience and feel of Major League Baseball parks all over the country after the cookie-cutter era of the 70s. But SoFi Stadium, the people there today, Romy was mocking them this morning, saying, couldn't you go down to the local Home Depot or whatever and put up some canopies or something, some drywall on the sides to keep that rain from slanting through? He said there were people, and I didn't know if he was joking or what, but he said there were people leaving the stadium, whether he was there or this is anecdotal or reported slipping because it was so slick, the conditions, they don't get rain. Right. People were slipping and being taken out of on stretchers, he said. <laughs> I didn't see that, but maybe it's true. Maybe it happened. They're not used to rain down there. No. But at the same time, it is what it is. Every other stadium across the country, if it's not covered, you're going to deal with the elements. True. And L.A. just gets so, so many perfect days. Yeah. That, uh, but you know, they didn't, they still up. somehow, I know, suck it up, yes, but somehow, some way, spending $5.5 billion, yeah, yeah. find a way to keep the customers and the clientele dry when you do get that rare rain I guess they or something. They must not have looked at the distance between certain edges and certain seats and considered it might rain through there because it is covered. Yeah. In fact, I remember looking at it thinking, well, uh, well I know when we were in SoFi, I felt that. Yeah. But I, could see that's why, again, Allegiant, I think, is a, a better ballpark, oh, a better I, place. I, I agree. Just based on having been in yeah. both the last two years. I agree. Has, it's more quaint. Yeah. It's, it, it, yes, it's, it's more intimate, you said. It's, it's got it's a tighter. It's loud. It's, it's the Everything seats, about it was better. All the seats are mm-hmm. really good. It's I mean, SoFi is just massive. It's huge. Yeah. And uh, the weird roof, you know, they're trying to... Sometimes you try to out outdo yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they may have on that one. I like SoFi a lot. It oh, was, I liked it, too. It was beautiful, but, but I guess last night kind of showed some of the weaknesses. But it's, that's a rare thing. It's a rare thing. It's interesting, The though. Super Bowl is going to be there this year, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. The national the national championship game and the Super Bowl yeah. in the same year? Yeah. Okay, that may be the case. Yeah, I don't they're getting know. the Super Bowl. But if so, I bet there's some people right now <laughs> scrambling around uh, saying, hey, we can't be a laughing stock after Super Bowl Sunday. Well, if if that's where it's being held, then they can slap down some of those those things that you put on <laughs> steps. You know that look like uh, uh, roof tiles. 
<laughs> so you don't slip yes, around yes. you put in your bathtub? Maybe. Put those around. But people were slipping and being taken out on stretchers, according uh, to Rome. That can be. They can't have that happening. No, they can't have that. That can be, though. You can yeah. slip easily when you're That's not expecting true. it. But, uh, you know, as far as the game goes, Dave from Tumwater texted us both and said this is uh, not not a good look when it was 31 I know. to 7, closing in on halftime. I looked at the clock, a minute 35 left, and... They just scored to make it 31 to 7. I went away to go check out some other show right. on YouTube. And when I came back, not five minutes later, <laughs> it was 38. And I, I, I spent forever <laughs> trying to figure trying out to how. Figure out where they did it. And Doug told me this morning mm-hmm. on the morning show oh, there was an interception. So that was a debacle of a game, no question. Yeah. I just wonder two things. Did in the old Super Bowl blowouts. And again, my father took me to the windy game at the Coliseum cold on a Monday night. But when I asked Dad, can we go to Super Bowl Seven, he got back to me on it. I don't think he looked things up on his phone at that moment to say, well, it's pro-. he got back to me later. Son, I just, no, we can't. Too much. The tickets were too expensive for yeah. Super Bowl Seven at the Coliseum. They were tw- uh, $22. They might have been. <laughs> I don't know. No, they might have been. But Who knows? Back then, you know, but it might have been five so- and then up to 22 so I watched it, shot baskets during the entire game because it was a sunny Sunday on January 7th of 73. In Hacienda Heights. Hacienda Heights, shooting baskets, listening to the game, and then occasionally going in and watching. It was a bad football game. <laughs> 14 to nothing, Miami, and the only touchdown came on the infamous Garo Upremium. Uh, oh, that game. The, the Redskins blocked the kick. Yeah. Because George was always good on special teams, Redskins block the kick, and Upremium bats the ball in the air, and Mike Bass, bless his heart, picks it off. And now it's 14-7 in a game the Redskins have no business being in, and it ended up being that almost blocking a Larry Seipel punt that would have given him another touchdown to tie it and send it into overtime. It ended 14-7. to Yeah, well, but, that, that Gary Premium, yeah. uh, whatever you call it, was in many a Steve Sable highlight film true. with blooper music. That's true. I remember <laughs> listening to the, almost the Benny Hill type music <laughs> as Garo Upremium's batting the ball, and there's my man, Mike Bass. I came running. I was listening to the game on the radio outside yeah. shooting, and the announcer, I, it was a national guy. I don't even remember who it was, but... The Redskins blocked the kick pass, and I'm run back into the house. Dad, the skins are still alive, and we watched the end of it together. But anyhow, was there ever any interest last night for you about the game? John asked me how long I lasted. How long did you all last? Was it? It was there any part of you compelled to watch a team function at an absolute highest level? Did you watch it with the eyes of, hey, if people are starting to talk about our guys, John Wilner? Dark Horse, CFP, then do you start sort of projecting and saying, well, yeah, I think we might even have trouble hanging with Georgia right now. I mean, how did you view last night's game? Through what sort of prism? Through what sort of focus did you have? If you have any thoughts about that, 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. The game was so bereft of drama that there's really nothing 
controversial. What did you think when Herb Street said? I mean, (laughs) people don't care. Every show I've been listening today is NFL, NFL, NFL. Nobody's talking about last night's game. No, there is a question. I want to correct by uh, it's not. It's it. It's got to be next year because I know we talked about it. Okay, but this year it's in Glendale, the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. All right, so it's in Glendale. Here's the question, and I'll get the phone. Should TCU have been in the champion? Did they deserve it? I don't think it's a question. Absolutely, they got there. They just laid a big-time egg, and that's how much Georgia was better. Felt sorry for Sonny Dykes at the halftime exit interview. He didn't quite go Mike Bellotti. (laughs) What was that? I get... Dykes didn't quite go Mike Bellotti. I give Bellotti credit for the best halftime exit interview I've ever heard. Yeah. When down to Washington State at Autzen, 45 to nothing at halftime. At Autzen, 45 nothing at halftime. <laughs> and the week before they had beaten Michigan, the week before they'd beaten Michigan yeah. and got on the cover of Sports Illustrated. The <laughs> SI Jink kicks in, and they're down 45 nothing at the half to Washington State in Eugene. And the sideline reporter, well, coach, what do you, you know, what do you have to say about that? I mean, what <laughs> just like sports sunny dykes last night? Well, we made some uncharacteristic mistakes, and we got to see if we can get you know find a way back in this. <laughs> he knew it was over. Oh, we yeah. all did. Yeah, yeah. Bellotti said to that reporter, "Now ah, we got him right where we want him," <laughs> and smiled. Now there That's had the best reaction. No, there have. had to be. I'm sure if you, oh, how can he laugh it off no. right now? You know, you Come know on. what? You are absolutely getting woodshedded here. You're yeah, down absolutely. forty-five nothing, and for him to be able to find just, yeah, yeah we got him. <laughs> we want him. I laughed out loud when I heard uh, that. Yeah, I wish better, I would have seen that. Better I, exit interviews. I did see it, but I didn't remember it. That's uh, that's a perfect answer. It is. Sonny uh. Dykes didn't quite go there last <laughs> night because I don't think he felt that they did. Uh, Paul, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, good morning, Mike. Hey, and let's face it, uh, Stetson Bennett didn't play his best game in the in the, the game before. I mean, you knew how good Stetson Bennett was, so I, yeah. I never had a thought that uh, TCU was ever going to come close to winning the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I, so I last told... night, now I didn't turn on Kirk Herbstick and them. I went to Pat McAvee. Watch them guys, and that was that was good because I really loved not having to hear about every play. They showed the game, and these guys making the comments. But I have a meeting every Monday at six o'clock, so I got to leave. So when I left the house at five minutes to six, it was twenty-four to seven. <laughs> I said, ah, going, "Going just like I thought. I don't need to see any more of this yeah. anyway." So yeah. off I went, you know. So. Yeah, it, it, it means that meant absolutely nothing, but sometimes you're going to run into that kind of game. And it, it has nothing to do with the college playoffs. Uh, Stetson Bennett played a bad game, and Ohio State played a great game, and right. they, they won. You know, mm-hmm. Georgia won, mm-hmm. and they belonged. Yeah, and his ability to pull him out was why what showed late that he was a very good quarterback. I thought that first touchdown run he had last night was amazing, yeah. and only because I haven't seen a lot of Georgia this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Whoa, that was a sweet run, a nice move to yeah. to get past a, 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 a tackler." And I thought, "Okay, this kid's good," and he showed it. He did. He showed it. I mean, what really showed to me was when he made the run to the end zone around the left side. And there was two blockers in front of him, 
that had nobody to block. There wasn't even a defender yeah. over there. What yeah. happened? Where'd the defense go? Well, and there was a wide-open receiver on one of their touchdowns, too. Now, TCU had that 60-yard completion, which I think was their only big play of the game, to a wide-open guy, blown coverage. But that, a couple, that happened a couple of times with George's wide receivers being wide open. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that the, the defense of TCU was definitely exposed. Uh, yeah, I would. I would think so. So, so. That's a that's a good description of what okay, unfolded. But they deserve to be there because they did what they were supposed to do. No, I know. I'm and Jimmy Rome today. Rome was no. Well, he It's hard not, in a sense, to make a mockery of the game and all that. He said the Horn Frogs had an amazing year, and he loves Sonny Dykes and. Sonny reinvented himself with that team this year after things ended poorly at Cal, kind of went and reinvented himself at SMU, gets another opportunity, and look where he is. He's a tremendous offensive football coach. Mm -hmm. But as Paul is pointing to, on the other side, maybe some things to work through. But, heck, what a year they had. And I think you'd rather get that far and get blown out than not get that far, right? <laughs> Even if the blowout yeah. stings and yeah. is embarrassing, Absolutely. you still want to get there. Ask Marv Levy and the Bills fans, as difficult as all the losses were, that's four trips that Marv made. And you'd rather have four of them than none of them, and a lot of coaches have had none of them. Mm-hmm. Paul, thanks for the call. We'll break and come back with Andy Peterson. Is that a truth? Yes, on 1240 Joe Radio. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day, and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time, so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 North West 9th in Corvallis. The Landing at Tallman Brewing features the ultimate combination of mouthwatering food and unique Pacific Northwest craft beer, wine, cider, and entertainment. A community-driven, family, and pet-friendly establishment, Tallman Brewing hosts 30 taps and up to 10 food trucks with large indoor and heated outdoor dining areas. Check out the events page at tallmanbrewing.com for a list of happenings, including Tuesday night tacos and trivia along with live music. Tallman Brewing, where amazing food meets craft beverages. Open daily at 11 a.m. on the corner of Airport Road and Brimrose Street right off Main in Lebanon. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, 
Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre-owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come, experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to MyPowerHonda.com. Ah, the RV life. Carefree living at its best. Find everything you need for worry-free RV living at Lassen RV Parts and Service. At Lassen RV, you can talk to experts who will see to it that you have the right solution for your RV. We carry everything right down to the special RV-approved two-ply toilet paper. Lassen RV and Lassen RV Parts and Service, where friends send their friends. Just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany and at LassenRV.com. Yesterday, we had the pleasure of visiting with Scott McDonald, the region coach of, uh, coach of the year, and a real honor to have uh, Coach McDonald on, recognized as the Region 8 Coach of the Year, encompassing California, Hawaii, Alaska, Oregon, and Washington. Today, a good friend of the show, and he's just been a good friend to Beaver Nation since his days helping the Beavers go to Omaha in 13, went back-to-back Pac-10, uh, Pac-12, I should say, uh, championships, the number one overall seed in the 2014 NCAA tournament as the starting second baseman. Such a great and heady ball player, Andy Peterson. We loved him as a player. And what he's doing as a coach, we recognize here today and appreciate Andy joining us. Winning the NWAC championship last spring, 38-12-1, the first title since 1991. And Lynn Benton, just a, a, a perennial consistent power in the NWAC and Andy for his efforts this past year was recently named the 2022 ABCA Pacific Association Division National Coach of the Year and it is great to welcome Petey Andy Peterson to the Joe Beaver Show. Andy congratulations in a, in his spring and a year of so much excitement and success all of it great. What did it mean to you and to your program to be recognized this way? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Um, uh, unbelievable. That's the coolest thing I've ever been a part of uh, in baseball. Uh, everything about it, the whole season, the group of guys we had, it was uh, just unbelievable. Unbelievable experience. Congratulations to you, Andy. And just as we asked Coach McDonald, Yesterday, an excellent local high school baseball coach at Crescent Valley in a state championship. We ask you, how did you get when did you know you were up for it? And then how did you find out that you'd won it? Uh, actually, my uh, old roommate, Jared Casper, an old beaver, he uh, helps coach at Bellevue College. And the Bellevue coach is the one that uh, he's our rep for the NWAC or whatever. So actually, Jared's the one that called me and told me. <laughs> Hey, you're going to Nashville. I was like, oh, my goodness. So it was actually really cool that Jared was on that call. That's excellent. Congratulations, Andy. And that, you know, these things don't happen because you walk in and say, I'm Andy Peterson, and I'm here, and I'm your coach, and we're gonna, I'm going to be the national coach of the year. And we're going <laughs> to – you have and you've always had a humble but yet fierce competitive spirit about you. So to get to the point where you recognized – as a national coach of the year after winning an NWAC championship, maybe help us a little bit. We talked to Coach McDonald about influences. Who has shaped you? I think I know one of the names you'll say, but just tell us a little bit about how you've become uh, such a strong leader and won an award of this magnitude. Well, it's, uh, it's all the guys that did it before me. You know, it's, uh, it started with my high school coach, then my junior college coach, uh, and obviously 
Case, Bales, Jeske, Jenks. I mean, I'm doing all the stuff that they taught me. You know, I'm just it's uh, it's just trickling down. I'm doing everything that uh, you know they ingrained into us, and I'm doing the best I can to ingrain it into you guys. Andy Peterson, National Coach of the Year, Lynn Benton Community College. We'll talk about some of his guys who have made their way to the program and will be perhaps future Beavers that he'll coach this year. We'll get it into that in a moment. But, Andy, when you mentioned the guys that we're all very familiar with and Pat and Pat Bailey and, and uh, Yeski and Jenks and the guys, what were the things when you got to Oregon State that maybe you thought you knew <laughs> that you honed and learned and got better at, the influences not only from Case but others that, that you mentioned that helped shape your philosophy? Well, gosh, when I got there, apparently I didn't know anything, <laughs> uh, according to Case. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I think the biggest thing, I mean, the, you know, it was always a good athlete kind of a thing, but uh, what Case did for us and the way he made every practice important, every ground ball important, every – Swing you take in the cage is the biggest swing in your life, kind of a thing. You know, it was easier playing in front of a crowd at Oregon State than it was playing at practice in front of Case. Mm-hmm. Practices were tough. Games were easy and fun, and we didn't worry about it, kind of a thing. But they just ingrained the every single pitch means everything to you, kind of a thing. Every rep you take, it means everything. Every day in the weight room, every time you push a weight, it means everything, you know. I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Andy Peterson, our guest, the ABCA Pacific Association Division National Coach of the Year. There are aspects of coaching that people don't think about. All you think about is wins and losses, X's and O's. But there's also administrative. I mean, it's that that may you may say, well, John, that's most of the job. <laughs> Finding guys, working in the office, off-season stuff, prepping, all of that that doesn't get seen. How do you handle and are you good at that aspect of coaching? You know, the the, the first year when I took over for Gippy, um, that stuff was not that fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, uh, everything about the grades, the counseling stuff, the the study hall, the you know the mix of all of that. That was that was the stuff that took a while to get used to. Now it's you know it, getting easy, getting comfortable in a routine. You know. In year five now, so it's, I guess, nothing new. Um, the recruiting piece is awesome. I love doing the recruiting stuff. It's a blast talking to these high school kids and, you know, trying to find good people and good parents and that kind of a thing. Um, all that stuff is fun now. It, it was. It took a couple years. Yeah, for sure. sure, sure, absolutely. Andy, the aspect of coaching too that that comes to mind for me, being you know playing different sports growing up to through high school, was learning things from the coach that or, or the sport itself that weren't necessarily about that were a lot about life. Do you get into that? I know Casey probably did. In fact, I'd heard that Pat would give you guys books to read that he thought would get you uh, on the right track. Do you let fatherness, if you will, or, or paternal instincts come into coaching when you're dealing with the kids? Absolutely. I, I like to uh, think of it more as big brother instincts for these guys, but, uh, I'm not quite that old yet. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, my dad you'll get there. Still, you'll get my there. My dad instilled all that into me. Yeah. My, you know, my we. It was never just baseball. It was, I mean, we played baseball. Then we next day we go to the field and run routes and play football, and then we go golfing or go play tennis, or racquetball, or and we were just did everything growing up, and everything was. It was never to train. It was all to you know enjoy it, have fun, to 
you know, just be outside kind of a thing. And you know, I thank my dad for that. All you know, I always, always think about it. Those days going golfing on Sundays, and the next day going to playing tennis, like, even though it was baseball season, kind of a thing. Um, but no, the I, I, I will never be Case. I catch myself saying things that you know Case said a million times, and I just go, ah, God, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, stop it, stop it, stop it. You know, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not Case. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but no, that's the that, that's the yeah, yeah, that's the fun part of it. I think it's I look at I look at it more of a uh, Big Brother type of a thing to these kids. You know, uh, the way my brothers treated me, they picked on me, they kicked my butt my whole life, and you know, they're always. Uh, I guess a little brutally honest with me, but um, it's kind of same thing with these kids. Andy Peterson, the national coach of the year, helping lead Lynn Benton Community College to the NWAC championship as its head coach. Year five coming up for Andy in what has been a remarkable era. You mentioned you heard yourself saying things that Case would say and catch yourself and eh. That's not that's not me, or at least not yet. Has it taken you? John asked about the administrative stuff, even on the field, in coaching, in games, and in practices, finding your own voice, Andy, in in getting through to the young men. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I you know I think, like I said, I learned a lot from that first year. I think I tried to, you know, try to be somebody that I'm not, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I, think I tried to be everybody else. I tried to be my junior college coach, Snedden. I tried to be. Case, I tried to be Bales, kind of a thing, and you know, I think taking bits and pieces of it is, you know, the most important thing. But I think the biggest thing I've learned is stuff to just be me. I, I, you know, I enjoy still taking ground balls and swinging and you know, talking crap to the kids and all that. And I know I have to be a. Uh, I guess a lot of it is, you know, still pretending to be mature. Is that I is how I would put it. <laughs> Andy Peterson joining us. Andy, our last few minutes, uh, we're just around the corner from the start of another season for you. Tell us a little bit, though, first, if you don't mind, about guys who helped you win the championship last year that are coming over. And I, I want to make sure I'm not missing anyone. When I say coming over, you know what I'm talking about, that are Beavers and Ruben Cedillo and Rhett Larson. Am I missing anyone else with current ties to you that, that might be, you know, giving it a shot, or are those the two main guys, and what could you tell us about them? Those are the two guys from last year, and Brock Townsend is uh, yeah. still over there, and excited to watch Brock. Seems like he's, a, he's had a good fall. Um, but Ruben, uh, I mean, Ruben, he was with us for three years with all the COVID stuff. He's a local kid. We used to do camps with him uh, in Corvallis and all that. And he was actually the first kid I ever signed. Uh, when I got the job, which is pretty cool. Um, but Ruben, just unbelievable kid, unbelievable character. He's our team leader. He came up to Canada, played for me up in Canada as well. Um, I, I'm so excited to watch him play. Obviously, it looks like he had a pretty good fall, hit a, hit a few home runs for the Bees this fall. Um, I know the coaches like him and all of that, and I'm, not, man, I cannot, I'm so happy for him. He grew up a Bees fan. He actually just posted a picture of a uh, of him when he was a little kid in full beaver gear and eye black at one of the games, <laughs> which is kind of cool. But mm-hmm. I'm a man. I'm excited for Ruben. And then Rhett. Rhett was our ace last year. Uh, started our championship game. Uh, dominated all year. I think he had uh, it's like 70 innings, 70 strikeouts, four walks. And I think two of the walks were in the championship kind of a thing. Um, so pretty special strike thrower, mm. nasty splitty, and mm-hmm. kind of same thing. Grew up a Beaver fan. Grew up, you know, uh, up, up out in Forest Grove. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but excited for Red too. I mean, you've got a great chance to come out of the pen for them and, and be one of the guys. Andy, you're talking about two guys, Central High School for Reuben, Rhett Larson, yeah. Forest Grove. We talked, you've got a young man named Noah Dewey I want to hear about from, from local uh, Crescent Valley and Scott McDonald, who, whom we had on yesterday. But just yeah. saying those names and those places, you're a Southern California kid. You were talking about growing up doing all these different things. Hmm. When you got up here to play, after J.C. Ball to play the two years and memorable years and championship years with the Beavs in the Pac-12, what, and now you're all over the state and the Pacific Northwest. What is our quality of baseball, Andy? We're smaller. We don't have as many schools in the 30-mile radius that's famed in your old stomping grounds. But what do you see as you go out and about in recruiting for your program, the state and quality of baseball in the Pacific Northwest and particularly Oregon? Yeah, I think about that all the time. I, uh, I would love to get down to California and go – play some of those colleges in the preseason, I think that would be a blast. I think about it all the time of uh, if my junior college team would have mm-hmm. beat our team last year, and I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we would have, I think Lynn Benton would have beat my junior college team kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's hard, it's really hard to tell. I mean, they're metal bat, we're wood bat, all that. Um, but no, the, the, the type of baseball, it's the same. Yeah, I, I don't think it's far off at all. Um, you get incredible athletes. We have a lot of kids that are you know, football, basketball players, all that kind of stuff. And Noah Dewey, like you mentioned, was a stud basketball player down there and actually had offers to go play basketball out of college. And, you know, love getting those two sport athletes, I guess, that get overlooked. And the same thing as me. I was a football kid in high school and uh, ended up playing baseball kind of a thing. Um, so I love, love finding those kind of kids that are playing the three sports that, you know, that might not go do all these crazy tournaments or – um, you know, showcases and that kind of stuff is, you know, a couple little sort of hidden gems kind of a thing. Those, those, those are the guys that I try to look for. Why? I mean, what? I love to hear that. I've heard it from Case. I've heard it from Jonathan Smith, Mike Riley, others, multiple sports guys in this age of specialization, Andy, where people get on a track and think that's their best path to a scholarship to specialize and go all in. Why do you like the diversification? I think it makes you more athletic. I think it makes you more, I guess, athletically intelligent is the best way I could put it. Um, just they, they have a different, there's a different mindset to a lot of those guys. You know, you hear the football mentality all the time, you know, kind of a thing. And I think some of those guys, they work a little different in the weight room. They compete a little bit different out on the field. It's not just about you know having the perfect swing or, you know, perfect mechanics on the mound kind of a thing it's a you know which is stuff we can teach but if you get the kids that are showing up that are already have that competitive spirit that competitive fire the you know it's just kind of naturally in them and you get that from kids that play a bunch of different sports i mean i've got sadio is one of my good golf buddies he still hasn't beaten me yet but um, (laughs) every time we go play he's uh he's doing everything he can and he loves to Loves to chirp and loves to do everything I can to get him to miss a putt. He'll, he'll talk or cough right when I'm putting and still thinks it's funny, but he still hasn't beaten me yet. Tied me once on nine holes, but that's, that's the best I've done. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> Andy, when you when you are out recruiting, does being the does the connection with Oregon State, is that a bonus? Do you, do you get that feel because every kid knows about Oregon State and maybe wants to get there? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of kids on our team came and watched. Uh, you know, tons of games growing up. You know, all the kids in the Northwest are 
And I, you know, I guess I can say it here. I, I see a lot more Beaver fans than Duck fans, which is great. Um, is, you know, coming from these kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, absolutely, you know, uh, they, a lot of them, they, they know the history of Oregon State. They know all the guys that are there. They see our guys moving on. You know, it's, they, they love to talk about it. The parents love to talk about it. Oh, I remember back in 2014 when blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a, absolutely is a great connection. It, it's, a, it's a big help for sure. A few more minutes with Andy Peterson joining us here on uh, the Joe Beaver Show. You mentioned came up and played for you in uh, Canada. What I'm wondering is the importance, Andy, of summer ball and the development that goes on in the summer. The Corvallis Knights, what a, a joy they've been for in my life to be around them and their six consecutive championships at such a high level. Summer ball isn't just, ah, I'll go play some ball for the summer. Even though it's a little less structured and intense, how do you treat summer ball? How important is that in the development of not only your guys, but just like the Beaver players, et cetera? Yep. Uh, it's huge. It's, uh, and I think it's a couple things. You know, I've, uh, I've been up in Okotoks for, gosh, eight years now up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, we've won our last two championships, which is pretty cool. But it's, you know, as much as it's summer ball and it's developing and all that, I think it's pretty cool the program we're at is it, it's win. I mean, you're, you're, you're there to win. You're to help the team win. All of that, of course, there's individual adjustments for every guy and all of that. But, you know, I mean, go win. Why, why, you know, why would you want to go 500 in summer ball kind of a thing? <laughs> um, but, no, it's huge. I mean, we every year lucky enough to get three or four Beavers up to Canada, get three or four Ben guys up to Canada kind of a thing, and, uh, the coaches get guys from all over the country. Uh, summer ball is a great time for the guys to meet new people, meet guys from different schools, different parts of the country, you know, get some new best friends kind of a thing, guys that didn't know for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. The summer ball thing is, is, is amazing. I mean, God, we play more games in summer ball than we do in our college season. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and all packed in, too. It gets them, uh, It certainly gets the reps in. Andy, um, are you a, a – I don't even know what the word is. I always hang up on it. Data guy with all this – Analytics. Are you an analytics guy or are you a gut baseball guy? <laughs> I'm a little more of the old school kind of a kind Thank of you. thing. I, uh, uh, a couple of our assistants get more into the analytical stuff. I'm not too, uh, not too prime on a lot of the technology stuff. I like to keep it simple. It's, I mean, like I said, that's just the way I was taught. I'm still learning, you know, a lot of some of the data stuff and – breaking some of the stuff down with the video and all that. Um, still working on it, but I, I still try to keep it as simple and uh, old school as possible kind of a thing. You know, was honestly the way Case did it. We, we had Bales, who was really good at all the technology stuff. We had Case, who was not. You know, I think it was kind of a good mix, to be honest, of, uh, of being able to do both. And, you know, I think we're kind of keeping it the same way here. You know, I mentioned the Knights, and I did what one of their tweets yesterday, I believe it was, was a congratulations to you on your well-deserved, as uh, they wrote, National Coach of the Year. Th- and thanks to, these are important people, too. And Steve Carruthers, Dick McClain, Mark Majeski, the beaks are rolling, they tweeted, tip of the cap to at Gibson OSU, Gippy for laying the foundation, hashtag NWAC, hashtag champs, hashtag ABCA. That's a pretty loaded tweet, but it encompasses a lot, doesn't it, uh, Andy, in terms of the important people, Dan Siegel's part of that, uh, many others, making it possible for you to do what you do. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, what you know, Dan Dan is a former roadrunner. Mm-hmm. He played here back in the day. We had uh, 
His oldest son, Caden, played pitched for us last year. He's now at Portland. I'm hoping uh, his little brother is going to sign here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Dan's been a great influence. We get players playing for the Knights. Uh, Dewey's going to go play for the Knights. Um, Steve Crothers is the biggest influence in Lynn Benton history. I mean, he does everything for us. I can't thank Steve enough. You know Steve. You know yeah, how he is. Absolutely. He is. He's, uh, there, there's nobody like him. Can't do it without Steve for sure. Um, Mark Pajeski, our AD, so that's the best AD. I mean, you can have uh, hear from a lot of other coaches. Of, wow, you actually like your AD? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll play off together. And I'll take his butt to the golf. And, yeah. uh, he's listening. I'm about to go in the office after this. Is be bad. Um, uh, and Dippy, of course, Dippy. Mm-hmm. You know, Dippy gave me an incredible opportunity. And, I, I, and him bringing the program back, I can't thank him enough. And he knows that. I don't like to compliment Gippy, though. I got a little laugh. Well, no, I, <laughs> I understand the competitiveness of that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you uh, think Gippy and company and Mitch are looking at this year, just based on what you know, what you saw in their own fall ball and so on? I mean, I know you have your own work to do, but how how excited are you about what Oregon State might be this spring? No, I can't wait. Uh, it sounds like they're going to hit. It's kind of what I'm I'm hearing. Uh, some of the guys they have in the lineup, I think, are pretty good. Uh, Seems like there are uh, still a few spots that are open and available, and they, they uh, you know, so some guys need to come earn some spots, kind of a thing. You know, I'm, I'm obviously excited for uh, Devanna and Dernetti, uh, You know, those guys in the middle. Um, we'd love to see Ruben out there running around the outfield. Um, uh, you know, obviously you got Forrester back. All those guys. Um, excited about you know. Curious about the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait to see who the starters are going to be. You know who's, who's going to be the new, uh, the new the new studs. You know, sure. A lot of people have stepped up, and I'm excited to see. Hey, you mentioned Ruben, and you talked, and we're intrigued by him. When you say run around in the outfield, how how well does he run? Oh, he can run. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually kind of funny. His freshman year, he played first base for us, and hmm. uh, he came in as a second base, third baseman type of kid. Uh, ended up having to play first just because he hit and didn't have another choice. And then the last couple of years he played center field for us. And he's, he can run. Hey, gosh, he, I think he, he had the team in stolen bases last year at 28 stolen bases or something like that. Wow. And he's a guy every time he gets on, he wants to go, wants to run. And I think he's going to be standing on a second a little more than standing on first go <laughs> this year. <laughs> I like the sound of it. Andy, it's always a pleasure to visit with you. Uh, congratulations on, as the Knights tweeted, properly a well-deserved national coach of the year honor and i know you're excited we all are for what's ahead here in the spring of 2023 thanks for making time for us andy and congratulations again thank you guys very much love love your show listen to it every day on the way to the field thanks a lot Pete. <laughs> we'll talk soon andy thank you andy peterson our guest what a great kid oh yeah he's great and gippy you know getting it started i was just sitting here thinking while he was talking we, we've done this show long enough to see the program die completely and come and, back and then come back yeah. and it, then be successful it's a wonderful story and all the people the knights mentioned dan i whether who whether that was dan himself tweeting that out the yeah. corvallis knights account He's giving all these props and thanks. There's no mention of Dan Siegel in there in the tweet, which tells me Dan might have been the one to thumb out the tweet. Yeah. He's not going to say, and thanks to me. Did, <laughs> did John Elway once say, I want to give thanks to John no. Elway? What is it? Yes, he did. I, I've never heard that. Yes, yes. Come on now. As we go to break, look it up. <laughs> Romy plays it all the time. 
Elway gets up either on his introductory press, something, and he gets up maybe after okay, they won the okay, Super Bowl. But I, or- I distinctly, you know, you're always pulling memories out. I distinctly remember one time when there was, I wasn't watching it, I was in the room, and my mom and my brother, this was probably 40 okay. years ago, were watching the Academy Awards. And the guy got up there and said all these things. He goes, you know, and I, and, and I want to just want to thank myself. <laughs> For working hard. And I remember my brother, yeah, who's your good. age, yeah. I remember him going, oh, that's unique. Right. Oh, I kind of like that. I just remember that that scene right there. That's pretty good. I'd like to know who the actor was. Yeah. I'd also like to know, though, if when and what the context was. Romy, well, Romy has a million sound bites, and they play, and you know what? What exactly is that, and where did that come from? Well, he has one that he plays of Elway saying... John getting up and saying, well, first of all, I'd like to thank John Elway. Now, <laughs> the the only thing I thought, did, did he get the, he had some notes written, somebody handed him the speech and he read it verbatim and he mentioned himself, I, or, or he was, was he, referring was to his real? father, whose real name, Jack Elway, might have yeah, been John yeah, Jack Elway. Yeah. I mean, I just wonder what the context was for that, but Dan Siegel's not going to put a tweet out thanking <laughs> all the people, including himself. That's why I brought him up to Petey. Yeah. Let's take a break. We've got an hour to go, and we'll wrap up this first hour next, 1240 Joe Radio. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, it's the Kubota L-Series tractor. It's part of a Kubota tractor lineup that's rated number one in durability and owner experience. The durable Kubota L1 features powerful diesel engines and is easy to operate. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to lynnbentontractor.com. We're still doing business the American way. We set them up, you knock them down. Corvallis. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Let me fix the crack in your glass. For windshield repair, call me first. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. start out this uh, press conference with uh, a thank you to John Elway, or John Elway, uh, John Fox. <laughs> See, it was just it an was honest a, mistake. mistake. Maybe maybe there's no such thing as an honest mistake. The determinist amongst us think that there ain't anything. It's all, that we have no choice in anything, and that way he had, that's what he was going to say in that moment because of his genetics and everything else. But that sounds Freudian to me. Maybe it was a Freudian slip that he did think that the only person who needed thanks here was himself. Oh, I mean John Fox. I think so that's I some, think. some psychi- psychiatrist would tell you it's Freudian. I, I, I no, think it's more just a mistake. something where he's he's heard his name so many times, he's tired of his name. So when he says the word John, Elway comes in after that, I guess. 
Elway forever the he, hero, though. He did look, honestly, he flustered. was laughing and flustered and embarrassed that yeah. he made that mistake. But all you ever hear when Rome plays yeah. oh, the yeah. bite oh, is, yeah. first of all, John I'd Elway. like to thank John Elway. And he stumbles <laughs> and smile. I mean, John I'm, I'm guessing Fox. he won't ever get John Elway on the show. Eh, probably not. After that kind of mockery. But Romy will close the hour. We've got an hour to go, and mainly open phones. would love to hear from you on any number of things. Last night's championship game, other news. People are upset that the Beavers are ranked lower in the way-too-early polls than, than or, Oregon. Or no, no, no. They're, they're mad that the final poll that Oregon's ranked ahead of Oregon State. I know. I know. And that's why disappointed in the fi- the rally that because that wouldn't have been the case had right. there not been the late rally. And right. So, you know, all things. You watch everything through a certain set of eyes, period, including last night's title game. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, TCU gets there and that's what happens. Wouldn't you like to get there and have that happen than not have that opportunity to have it happen, right? I mean, that's but, a good question. So, I mean, Would TCU you... for all their great work in the season. How bad? I mean, how much does that hurt you? I Knowing guess. you were going to be that embarrassed, would right. you take that envelope to get to the national get title there game? And you're going to lose that by that much. If you're Sonny Dykes and had a chance to say, "Hey, well, maybe you'll lose the heartbreaking game in the playoff and not go get beaten by 55 well, no, or you, you, whatever you, you, it was," you're Sonny Dykes. You just took over a yeah. five and seven team that was predicted seventh in their conference, but the envelope says next year you'll go to the title game, but you'll get drubbed. You'll lose by what? The 55? Yeah. Or what was it? 65 58? minus 7. 58? 58. I think your sonny, you t- yeah, you'd take that. Yeah. You'd take it. Yeah. Well, how much time left on the fan? 30 seconds. John Elway, my friend. Sees him in the restroom. Come back and act like you know me. I'm trying to close a deal. Who are the, and Elway, next to him, standing in the stall. You know, they come out and they talk. They share, yeah. Yeah, I'll come by. Give me your friend's name. Hey, Phil, good to see you. Hey, I, how's your family? How's Belinda doing? Mentioned, and Phil closed the deal with Elway playing along with Really? Him. So Elway, for me, I don't didn't know. I don't, yes. He just met him in the bathroom at a Denver restaurant. So good for John Elway. I want to thank John Elway. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. A sizable shortfall in the Golden State. According to a spending plan unveiled today by California Governor Gavin Newsom, the state is facing an estimated $22.5 billion budget shortfall. The proposed measure includes $297 billion in spending, an $11 billion decrease from the current fiscal year. Moderna is considering pricing its COVID shot at $110 to $130 per dose once it shifts from government contracting to commercial distribution. The company says it's in discussions with hospital systems, pharmacies, and pharmacy benefit managers to line up distribution of its vaccine ahead of a potential fall booster shot campaign. Moderna had previously estimated the commercial price expectations in a range of $64 to $100 a shot. U.S. stocks are modestly higher today. The indexes show the Dow Jones Industrials up 106 points, the Dow or the S&P 500 up 17. The Nasdaq Composite has added 75. That's your money now.
I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services, too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming, and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come, experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to mypowerhonda.com. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another golf minute to help get your game in tow. When your ball ends up against the collar of the rough, it's very difficult because of heavy grass behind the ball to swing your putter on a level path. Here's a technique that with a little practice will help greatly eliminate any uncertainty you might have about hitting the shot. Turn your putter 90 degrees so that the face is at a right angle to the target line and the toe is pointed at the hole. With the putter in this position, you can get through the heavy rough more easily to make contact with the ball. Choke down to the middle of the grip and play the ball forward off your front toe. Focus on the back of the ball when making your stroke. Make a few practice strokes to get used to the feeling of having your putter in this position. Keep your stroke compact, which will help you make more solid contact. So remember, your toes aren't just good for wearing socks. Toe it from the collar. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. My doctor told me my cholesterol is borderline. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. Garlic helps maintain healthy cholesterol safely and naturally. It's odor and taste free, and Garlic is a world leader in garlic potency. I'm taking charge of my cholesterol with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by AbbVie.
Hey Siri, uh-huh. take me to the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. I'll be near Oregon. And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Lindsay Schnell was expected to join us what today, happened? and she ends up uh, needing to drop uh, to turn aside, and so she's not going to be able to uh, join the show this hour. That's okay. But tomorrow, Thursday, perhaps, we have other invitations to guests, and I'm really grateful to say that you know, the Art of Waylaying. If I ever write a book, that's all it's going to be. It's so The Art of Waylaying. Get that man's number. <laughs> because we, I, waylaid Howard Wright, who will join us Thursday at 1230. I'm really looking forward and to I that just, conversation. Yeah, I, I, just because a guy that I didn't know yeah. a thing about, yeah. I now know a little bit about, but I want to find out more exactly. about. Exactly. His father, Ernie. And, I, and then they started a foundation... In San Diego, where he grew up, Howard did, and Ernie was an original L.A. Charger, then the franchise moved to San Diego, and I read somewhat inadvertently while looking up Ernie Wright, San Diego Chargers, Ernie passed away in 2007, Howard's father, but Howard and his father began a foundation to help get kids involved in sports and activities that has become sort of a national model based on what Coach Tinkle told me and Barack Obama when it came down and visited and supported it. Mm -hmm. It was a big event in the San Diego area when President Obama came down that Howard was involved with somehow, oh, some cool. way. So That's pretty cool. There's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things to talk to Howard Wright. As I said, I saw the beeline at the <laughs> CU Event Center of three different people at different times while the shoot-around's going on. You know, during shoot-arounds, there are some lulls or, you know, get water breaks, although that, too, becomes fascinating. Well, it, now, hold you know, on, hold on. You're sitting there doing your prep. Yeah. You're walking the steps. What were you doing? Well, I was just sitting there doing prep. Okay, so you're sitting there doing prep. Answer this to me. Yeah. How much time was there between the first beeline to the second beeline? Well, it, it happened sporadically as coaches had brief moments away from their duties during a either right. kid but shooting free throws. Or, yeah, I mean, I saw, I'm, then, I'm not because far. Because I want to know why you would notice, I, you could notice the first guy, oh, where's he going? Okay. Mm -hmm. The second guy, if you're doing your homework, why would you, well, your brain say, there's something there? <laughs> Unless it happened one right after well, another. No, it didn't happen one right after another, but. 
I'm trying you to know how it is. workings of your mind. Well, yeah, but you know how it is. Okay, here comes a guy <laughs> into a gym that I've never seen before. Yeah. And he came in with his wife. And he's uh, observing practice. Yeah, and he's watching. I don't know who it is. In fact, I almost felt I should go. Hey, you know, who are you? you know, <laughs> are do you, you belong be here? here? <laughs> That happens. But it the does. managers are it the ones that get dispatched. It does every once in a while. I'm never a big fan of the look. I've I've been in gyms at shoot-arounds where people have had to be chased away because yeah. they don't belong there right. and the Same people here. aren't happy about it. Right. And I know my feeling on the other side of that, hey, I just want to you know watch a little practice, basketball, yeah. that's all. I'm not here to steal anything, but <laughs> there's you know, we live in an age of paranoia in a sense, too. So that happens every once in a while where somebody is asked to leave. I was running the stairs at Gill Coliseum many years ago when Roxy was still doing radio for Cal, radio play-by-play for Cal. The Mm -hmm. Beavers were getting ready to play Ben Bronze, California Golden Bears, and I was running the stairs after the Beaver (laughs) shoot-around and just trying to get a workout in in a wintry day. Mm -hmm. Gill's a good stair-running gym. It it, it works you. Mm -hmm. I miss those days. But anyway, I'm running up and down. At the end of our shoot-around, now Cal shoot-around, and Ben Braun hails me down as I'm coming down steps toward the floor. Excuse me, excuse me, who are you? Well, I'm the Oregon State radio guy, Coach. He goes, well, he said, I'm sorry, you know, I got to ask you to leave <laughs> unless you let Roxy run the stairs during your shoot-around. <laughs> he said and that? then, yeah, and he said, and that ain't going to happen. <laughs> so I kind of laughed. He but had he a said, hu- sense of humor about yeah, it. Yeah, and so I obviously honored that and left, yeah. but I just wanted to keep working out. I didn't care about anything. They were. I'm not going to go trotting back to Jay John and say, hey, I think they're going to run a 1-3-1 trap at the start of the second half or whatever. That, okay, yeah. now that's innocent enough. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a light story on that particular topic so the mm-hmm. the other end of that spectrum we're at uh McHale center i don't know 2004 or 5 let's say i can't remember judy was the coach and uh there was a gal who had coached with judy before and she left one place to go to another anyway she was an assistant with arizona women's basketball now you know McHale center they actually have uh, special boards that go across the tunnel doors mm-hmm. when you go there. If you're if you're working out, they've made it so you can shut things. It's boards True. instead of curtains. True. And so we're in there, and one of the assistants, this this one that Judy knew, went you know walking across like oh just going to my mm-hmm. office, and Judy was not happy. No, she I says know. I, let's say her name was Kelly. Hey Kelly, hey, how's it going, mm-hmm. Kelly? Like. Get out of here. What I know you you're here, Kelly. And she kind of yeah. smiled and, yeah. br- and did the brisk walk. No, I know. Just, just going through. I know. No, I get it. I understand it. <laughs> I thought, and well, Ben Braun made me blows. laugh, and I left. Yeah. This guy, Howard Wright, walks in, and I, Stevie was the first to go to him. Okay. And so I'm just you know, continuing. Okay, what are we, from, uh, how many threes have we made in our life? Okay, 8 of 20, 7 of 14. Oh, yeah. Then a few minutes later, here comes Wayne Tinkle, big hug. And then a few minutes later, here's Eric Reveno over. Big hug. <laughs> All right, okay. So at that point, you yeah. know, well, this guy must be somebody. And it, as it turns out, Howard was a teammate of all three of our coaches. At and he one said, point or yeah, another. Yeah, and he, and he just said, and he was my halftime guest from Boulder Saturday night. He, he played with Reveno for Mike Montgomery with Stanford in the uh, mid-'80s. Hmm. Power forward, rugged, tough son of a gun. His dad, an original 
L.A. Charger, 13 years in the league. Do you remember him the first Stanford days back then? I do. I remember the name now that I kind of put it all together. Those, yeah, yeah. Mike had some really good teams that were beginning to push you know, high-achieving high levels. We'll, we'll have all that down, I hope, by yeah. the time we talk to him on Thursday. But he just was an interesting person to learn about. And the more you know, I learned about him and talked about him within that few minutes of introducing myself, I, I was the fourth in the beeline. <laughs> you know, okay, who are you, sir? Because everybody knows you and likes you. Did you and, say, I got to know? And I they, know. Yeah, and they all had <laughs> stories. Uh, Reveno, Stevie, and mm-hmm. Wayne all had things to say that sort of added to my own appreciation of who nice. this guy is. So he'll join us on Thursday. We do have other invitations out, whether we land Sarah Elcano. A session with Sarah is coming up, yeah, I believe. We've got to do a session with Sarah. Tomorrow, and we're, we'll have, by request, and don't know who it's going to be, mystery guest, will you enter and sign in, please? That will be a women's basketball player tomorrow. We do get one. Yeah, I'm not sure. Andrew doesn't know who that will be, but we'll, we'll be have ready a player. For any of them. And we'll just we'll begin a line of questioning. I can name who that player is in in two questions. You know, I <laughs> I, I yeah. still laugh at the Carter Bell day. It's it's one of my favorite stories in the history of our radio profession experience here. Remember when Dave Wenda was pinch hitting? For us, years ago. I mean, how many years ago when Carter Bell was the Beavers' third baseman? We're going back a ways. that's right. But Carter Bell was a Beaver third baseman, and you, me, one of us had set up an interview that quite a few days in advance, which is for us, ask Hank, ask Scheffler, ask anybody, to set anything up well in advance is rare. Yeah. We waylay people as we see them walk into gyms or coffee shops. But we... We had a uh, an interview evidently set up, or somebody else set it up. It, yeah, I was out, and I we were to both be out. In the building, but, you, but I wasn't working. Dave was filling in for me, and you were gone. Oh, so somebody calls. <laughs> yeah, this is the caller on the, yeah, the downward dog phone line. Whatever calls, it's Carter Bell. But he, all he says, "Yeah, this is Carter." And so whoever answered the phone wrote, "Just hands just Dave, poor Dave Wenda yeah. Carter line one." <laughs> and he had forgotten. <laughs> and Wenda either had forgotten or would never been informed. Yeah. Oh, let's go to Carter on the downward talk phone. Like, Carter, how are you today? And Carter, oh, great. I'm doing fine. Thank you. That's it. And he was the guest. <laughs> and he was the guest. That's And poor Dave. Uh, so what's on your mind today, <laughs> Carter? And then he could have said, well, I don't know. You wanted me. <laughs> and then he would have to say, oh, 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 I'm so sorry. And, and for, for Dave, a true pro, though, <laughs> yeah. suddenly scrambling yeah, to pull it. Something like, well, what's on your mind today, Carter? <laughs> Carter <laughs> well, I'm excited about the series this weekend. And Dave, thank heaven, at that point, somebody might have scrambled in. Yeah. Not what series, but yeah, just, oh, well, out. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. started going into questions. And, oh, and Carter Bell. Uh, you know, I mean, he finally, but... The moments, those initial moments when he had oh, no man. idea he had a guess. It's like, it, it would be like being in a crowded area and tripping. And you get up and you look back at what you <laughs> tripped on and you, and you act like no, nothing happened here. Nothing happened here. So that he could transition into the interview like, yeah. 
Yeah, I knew all along that you were yeah, coming just on asking how your day was going right, and you right. know, what were you thinking <laughs> and about. And then you seamlessly transitioned. Well, you had two similar experiences that you've regaled us with when um, Lute Olson called in. Yeah. Uh, and you didn't know it was... It took Lute. me a while to figure it out. It was the yeah. real guy, but yeah. it was. And then the other one was when you were expecting a different interview. Oh, I've had three of them then. Reggie and, Smith and Bill Russell. Yeah, but but knowing your knowledge in sports, obviously, and I mean, Bill Russell, come on, you can yeah. do that. No, anybody could interview Bill Russell. Yeah. In no the matter, sense of, hey, look. Oh, I uh, don't have the one I spent an hour prepping for. Right. It's Bill Russell. No problem. Right. It's not the shortstop for the L.A. Dodgers. It's the other one. Yeah. But I was spent the whole time thinking it was the shortstop. No. <laughs> but even so, you would still be able to yeah. say something to Bill Russell. Oh, you could pull that off. Right. Oh, you with Bill at Bill, Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> and then Bill, go. Red Auerbach, Bill, and Bob exactly, Cousy. You exactly. know, I mean, Bill, the Boston Garden. I mean, they, <laughs> there would be a lot of things you could talk to him. Absolutely. Bill, Game Seven, nineteen sixty-nine. You hurt me. You know, I mean, there'd be a lot of things that you could come up with. But the other one you're talking about is, <laughs> how'd you like to talk to Reggie Smith? <laughs> My poor guy <laughs> says to me. You're going to interview Reggie Smith out at this celebrity golf event. Oh, yeah. so, I mean, I'm all ready to go. Yeah. Do homework on Reggie Smith, the switch-hitting outfielder. Mm-hmm. And liked him as a ball player. Went into the stands at Candlestick and fought somebody once. <laughs> I mean, there are things to talk about with Reggie Smith. On the Impossible Dream Team with the Red Sox in 67. And when I arrive at the site, it's Reggie White. Oh. Not Reggie Smith. Oh. Now, fortunately, I knew enough, even though right. not a huge NFL guy, Minister yeah. of Defense, Green Bay Packers, <laughs> right, right, right. ordained minister. So Really good. And good. <laughs> Reggie, Minister of Defense. How did it come about? <laughs> I mean, but here's no. the thing on that. A little behind the curtain for listeners. I believe really good interviews like Rome says, and I'm not saying it because of him, mm-hmm. we've been doing this for a long time, is, is a conversation that the listener it gets to be listening to, not um, Chris Farley. <laughs> uh, uh, remember, remember that time? And then the and, you know question number two. It's more like a conversation where you learn things from it. So on those, the hardest thing is that first question. Because yeah. then whatever they say, can you, you you can pick up yeah. on and then and then go with it and make it really interesting just out of sense of curiosity. I think the best interviewers are people who are just curious. And I learned that one time from Larry King. He said, you know, I'm just curious. My whole life I've been curious. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, me too. Right. And so it's really kind of easy. But, man, when you don't know and you're not prepared, that first one is the <laughs> Reggie hardest. Reggie White. Reggie, Reggie yeah. White. And did it come off all right? <laughs> okay. But, you know, I needed I needed more time with yeah. Reggie Smith, pre- I mean, with Reggie White yeah, prep yeah, yeah. to be able to do that at all properly. But he's such a nice person sure. and a nice man. And I got to interview him in person at a golf event, but had... No research whatsoever or time to do anything. <laughs> You're just doing it on the fly. We have open phones the rest of the way if you care to interrupt. We hope you do. Feel free at 497-5356. <laughs> anything about last night's national championship game? The, how are you viewing the world when you hear Wilner? And Wilner used the phrase, Oregon State, a dark horse. For what? The CFP. And not a 12-team version. He's talking about next year. So if, if you at all choose 
to allow yourself to think about that then if you watch the four-team playoff this year or last night's game in particular, what are your thoughts about, okay, would you get TCU'd in a game like that? Oh, no, no, not with our defense, not with, you know, no, not with our run game, not with this, not with that. I mean, it's just, it feels just incredible to even be having this conversation. Yeah. But if Wilner's right and if you're enough of a believer in the steady build and the progression, then if the Beavers are now being talked about in a progression to go from 7-6 and six to 10-3, and three, then what's the next step? And as Jim Wilson said, Mike, I think the next step is to compete and win the Pac-12, yeah. the title. Go to, the, yeah. go to Vegas and win the game. One of the first things Where does I, that leave you? One of the first things I thought about last night was, man, I'd love to see the Beaver defense play, the, play yeah. in this game. Yeah. How, just to see. Just to see. So if you have any thoughts about that, feel free to join us, 497-5356. Open phones on the Downward Dog phone line. The University Honda text line is also open. We'll take a break and come back. Any thoughts, too, by the way, Dave, if you're listening, on the architect for HOK that you talked about vis-a-vis Janet Marie Smith, because Kip Carlson has said that Oriole Park at Camden Yards is more of a Janet Marie Smith legacy. But, you know, she was working for, I believe, at the time, HOK, and or at least had some influences from the late Ron Lubinsky with respect to that. So any thoughts on that or anything else you want to jump in with? Last night's title game. And I have a question, too. What in the heck is going on with all these 50-plus point games in the NBA? Incredible number of high-scoring games. What's the answer? Why is that happening? 71. I know. 71, 54, mm-hmm. 60-something, uh, 61. 55 I mean, from Giannis. What's happening? I mean, why so many suddenly? Analytics. Well, maybe. Three's better than two. Yeah. And and people are taking way more threes, and they're getting to the line more. I mean, I, bad defense, perhaps. 497 1240, Joe Radio. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, See the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. At Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Hi, I'm Katie Albin, and I want everyone to know that at Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Directional boring, to be exact. So if you need to run a pipe underground, under a driveway, or under a sidewalk, and you don't want to destroy your yard in the process, the boring people at Albin's Plumbing can help you with your directional boring. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. 
If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, this is the year to get it done. For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They've got a huge variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. So Happy New Year from Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren in downtown or CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. A lot of land comes with a lot of work, and the new Kubota MX Series has a lot to offer, including the versatility to mow, move bales of hay, grade roads, and clear brush and snow. The new Kubota MX Series is rated number one in durability and owner experience. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to LynnBentonTractor.com. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. The best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. All right, what do we got? It's um, uh, oh, a couple of texts. Yeah, let's get to the. Let, Dave's been on the line, but yeah. we'll get to some texts. Any input on any of the above? Four nine seven fifty three fifty six. Downward Dog phone line, University Honda text line. Dave, good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show, Dave. Good afternoon. Oh, oh, I'll tell you how disinterested I was in the second half of that game. Um, I, I know the question for Final Jeopardy, so <laughs> if that tells you, yes. um, I, I, all I can say is this: I, I was I wasn't going to call in, and then your last uh, mention of Wilmer uh, because I've been thinking about it. You know what? Just the difference of talent across the board that Georgia has versus almost any team, mm-hmm. let alone the Beavers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and where we're going, um, and I thought man, there's such a huge gap that you know as much as I I've seen on on some of the, the blogs and people saying that the Beavers we could you know we could have been a one a one loss team and, and very well could have been mm-hmm. you know could we have competed with the other three teams quite possibly with Georgia I I think we have miles of work to do to get to the level where Georgia is. Yes. That's just my opinion. No, I agree. That's not me trying to be no. negative about our situation. But could we break into the CFP? We could have been in the CFP this year if, if a couple of plays mm-hmm. had gone our way. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, watching Georgia, those linemen push those runners almost every play. I mean, they're coming in from 10 yards behind the play. That you know, they, The guy runs for eight, nine yards, and here comes an offensive lineman crashing in and pushing mm-hmm. in another yard or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was surprised to hear Wilmer actually say that, and I was thinking, but I like I like Jonathan Smith, the way he's said, you know, we gotta, we got to compete to win Pac-12 championships yes, first. Yes, exactly. Pac-10, Pac-10 they, championships. But and I think that we're there, and I think, yeah. well, go ahead, Mike. Well, Dave, what what – what Jim has said is what Wilner's saying. When we've had Jim Wilson on, Dave, we've asked, okay, yeah, here's a steady build. 
the 2020 COVID year, notwithstanding, the build has been steady. It's difficult to reckon with what 2020 meant. I That was even a year of progress in some respects when you beat your rival. So it, the build has been steady. And 2020 is an outlier in that steady build. I still think it, you know, the Beavers, in a sense, got better even in that weird world we were in. So he's built it steadily. What's next, we've asked Jim, Dave, and, and Jim has said competing for, legitimately competing for and getting into and winning the Pac-12 title game, being the representative, you know, one or two or the divisions that may be coming back, I read somewhere. I saw that too. So whatever the case, and up, the next step would be, you're right, Jim's right, Jonathan's right. They're not saying our next step is to go to the national championship game and win it. No, they're not saying that. In the progression, a la Utah, which has now won back-to-back Rose Bowls, you're trying to use a uh, – or did they – no, they lost and then went back to it. They've been right. to it twice in a row. Right. That's who you're trying now, in a yeah. sense, to become. Take the steady steps. But I think Wilner's point is if you win the Pac-12 championship – Next year, <laughs> you might be a team with the league being what it is. If you win the Pac-12 title next year, then you could be a player in the four-team playoff. I think that's kind of what Wilner's getting at, and he considers Oregon State a legitimate contender for the Pac-12 title. That's how that CFP talk begins to to gain a little traction. I I couldn't agree more. Um, I and I was more confident before I saw these. <laughs> very good quarterbacks coming back. Um, and with Penix coming back. Yeah. And, uh, rising. It, it, yeah. I, I think that we oh, – rising announces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo Nix mm-hmm. coming back. Is Caleb Williams coming back? Is he back too? I mean, that's – it's going to be a dogfight in the yep. Pac-12. So Absolutely. We, I mean, we could be a lot better team and not finish any higher in the standings. Or it's possible. Absolutely. Finish at the top. No, it's true. It's it's t- going to be a heck of a tough league. But I do think the program is on this steady climb. That means, well, if you're climbing, you're, everything you just said, Dave, is true about how tough the league's going to be, how good it's going to be, where the Beavers fit in it all, who knows. But they won enough. They played it well enough. They won 10 games. They've got a lot of returning pieces and players that there's no reason not to be really optimistic about what's going on and, and thinking big. No question about that. We need, I think, as a fan base, we should be thinking big. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we need to think big. We've got a brand new stadium. Mm-hmm. Smith is actually out there getting guys um, in, in the transfer portal where there's a need. He's getting good guys where there's a need. That kid out of Wyoming, that mm-hmm. head rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, He's going to be he's going to be awesome. The the guy from Nevada, the offensive lineman, mm-hmm. you know, he's just not going out and grabbing guys because they've got a star next to it. He's seeing the need, and he's saying, "I'm not waiting for a, a a freshman to to grow into that role in two or three years. I I want to win next year." Yep. and that that's exactly what we need. And I, I like that he's willing to go out and do that. Dave, good talking to you, sir. Thank you for the call. Johnny, you've got some uh, texts. A couple texts here on the text line. Of course, uh, University Honda text line, 541-497-5356. Yahoo Sports has the Beavers at number 18 in their way-too-early top 25 for next year. That's just a comment. Stuart Mandel, uh, 16, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. And they finished 17, by the way. In, uh, oh, they finished 17th. AP poll. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, here's one. Just wondering. I, I have no idea. Just wondering, is DJU registered for classes at OSU? Oh, it's a good question. It is a good question because we still have not seen, quote, unquote, the official release. And I don't know what all the timing is on when. Because it's all over everywhere except yeah. an official Oregon State Athletics yeah, that's release. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. That's what's weird about it. Uh, Niles from Bell Fountain. Beautiful. One of the, the prettiest roads in the Mid Valley is Bell Fountain. Along with Peoria. Yes. Uh, I've compared them. And which you, do you you've prefer? You've gone on about Peoria. I'll tell you, there's one that's better than Bell Fountain both is of gorgeous. Them. Yes. There's a road from. From Peoria over to 99 mm-hmm. or the other direction. Yes, that's beautiful. That's unbelievably beautiful coming from 99 to Peoria. You like it better than, see, for me, when you, you take the right off of 34 and go Peoria, right. those first few right. miles and some it's, of the homes along the right. river it's all and right. that pasture that's sunken below one of those beautiful houses with the river in view yeah. and that sunken pasture. Spectacular. I know dog. you got to drive. You got to yeah. drive Bell oh, Fountain. Uh, yeah, Bell Fountain. I don't get to as often as Peoria. So, so Niles is in that beautiful Anyways, area. Thanks, Niles, for. Oh, oh, I was going to say Niles yeah. sent us the YouTube link to John Elway, but we found it before. Oh, okay. Before, but thank no, you, Niles. Just appreciate you anyway, Niles. Uh, here's another one from. I don't know. Oh, let's see here. Oh, Elijah from Lebanon. Elijah from Lebanon said yesterday on my wind chime, uh, just kind of a. Mm-hmm. Um, impromptu uh, thing because we got some wind chimes that we don't know who gave them to us. And I put them up and I texted Gavin. You okay with this? He's like, yeah, we're okay. I got it. I got to text Trish. And then, um, uh, the guy behind me, I got to ask him because if I'm a neighbor, if they don't like it, I'll take it down. Cause it's nice of you. I don't really care. I like the sound of chimes. <laughs> and Elijah, I think it was Elijah from Lebanon said, I hate chimes. Take them down. <laughs> What is amazing about that run by Bennett? This is when we were talking yes. about the Georgia game, and I, I it was an incredible yes, first it was. touchdown run uh, by a quarterback. Is that he's not a known runner? Right. I didn't know that. The uh, over under for his rushing yards in that game was only twelve and a half. Serious, which he hit on that touchdown to mm-hmm. start the game. I don't know what he finished with, but. That's uh, rather surprising to me. So thanks for that, Elijah from Lebanon. Here is a question that we've dealt with a little bit, Mike. How are we ranked lower than the Ducks in the final AP poll? You know, it's timing and positioning, I guess. Recency. Oregon won its bowl game. Right. More recently had the Beavers beat down of... Florida occurred after the Holiday Bowl or right around the same time. Yeah. Combined with the Beavers' rally and win over Oregon. Might have flip-flopped the positions just in terms of what the voters are thinking as they go to cast their final ballot. One more here, but but I want to go back. I want to circle back, if you will, Mm -hmm. to to some heat I got myself into. And I had to think real quick, do I want to die on this hill or give in? (laughs) Because I don't like to give in. Nobody does. Yes. On saying TCU shouldn't have been in the Final Four because they lost their conference championship. And it was their first loss. And you and TJ and some, some <laughs> texters jumped all over me. So does, that, does the loss change Listen. anything? I John, how often have it, what you just said? You, you realize the enormity of what you just it said? Was, I was I, did, I, I, was I don't jump really over it. Anybody except maybe occasionally an official in a Pac-12. <laughs> or an umpire. <laughs> but... but uh, so you think that by losing a conference, there ought to be some modifications because of rules. I said, I yeah. said, 
And I haven't really thought about it since then. <laughs> but I said the timing of the loss shouldn't matter. Uh-huh. Or uh, No, timings of losses do matter. Okay. If you have one loss from the fir- first of the year and you've just drilled everybody the rest of the season, you should, you should be able to get in. But if you play all that way and then you lose, you should not be able to get in because you just lost. And everybody jumped on me. But, but I, I, I hold my ground. Here's a, a follow-up to what we were just talking about. Forgot to... Oh, that was the other day. Uh, my son saw DJU yesterday morning during breakfast. And I don't know who this is from. Okay, well, so well where, where was your son? <laughs> Hopefully that was on campus, <laughs> yeah. in a dorm room. The great story of Spence and Marty following Dallas Buck around yeah. who needed to get in class to actually be officially a beaver. And they called Pat Casey and said, yeah, we're in his first class and he ain't here when, <laughs> when he was sitting there the whole time. Oh, they were messing And they with played Pat. with, messed with Pat. They messed with Pat. He, say, yeah, we haven't seen him. Do that. We haven't that. seen him, which means until Buck sits down in that class, he's not officially a student, <laughs> therefore not officially a beaver. And Dallas was the linchpin that helped turn that thing around. <laughs> That's funny. Do you wait and wait and wait? And then when the rear end hits the seat, <laughs> it's done. It's done. He's it's in. Done. He's officially he's in. in. I mean, we're kind apparently, of like, I don't know. I don't know the rules and the compliance stuff. But apparently, once he sat down after enrolling and sat down in the class, he became an official student when okay. that class began. It, it was on campus. I'm okay. Told. Yeah, it was on campus. So thank you for the follow-up. Yeah, thank you. We assume so, but just had to clarify. <laughs> yeah, because maybe well, he was down in Clemson. Well, I mean, in this world of clarification <laughs> yeah. and dotted lines, you're right. We heard it from everywhere under the sun, mm-hmm. except for right. Oregon State. Yeah, I know. I don't know how much they're supposed to put out or or what when guys are. I know now there were pictures of him in a uniform, right? Well, those are. I I don't. Or was that it? I I think though I don't know. I don't think I saw one. Maybe in the welcoming, hey, yeah. welcome DJU. I'm not going to try and say his last name right now. Yui Ungalale. <laughs> hey, we've got, it's the DN from, I don't have his name in front of me now, the DN the from Wyoming that oh. is also going, I look forward to saying it a lot, but also look forward yeah. to learning the that proper pronunciation. Seems a little harder. Let's take a break, Doc, and, and wrap things up from a break standpoint. If anybody would like to jump in on any matters relative to the college football playoff, anything else that may be on your mind, haven't heard from any viewers, listeners, other we've talked to Ann Schatz and Doug Blair kind of gave anybody from Beaver Nation, Oregon State women's basketball, season ticket holder, anything you'd like to say, A, about the team's performance in the two games in Arizona, but also about Sydney's work, what you liked about it, what you found refreshing, or, hey, she's great, but she needs to work on that. I mean, however you took Sydney's work in what Ann Schott said yesterday, I thought was so highly complimentary of Sydney and her approach and asking and seeking out and being a sponge, a la James Rogers. And James, Mike Riley said, was always at my elbow. Anytime I turn around at practice, there's James asking me, Coach, why really? do we run the route this way? Why do we cut it off here? What's the other receiver? Why is he clearing this way? I mean, James. Becoming a wide receiver at Oregon State was at Mike's elbow constantly. Wow. And Mike and Mike said as much as almost any player he'd ever had hmm. during practice, peppering him with questions. And Sydney Weeson, perhaps transitioning into a new world, is kind of in a in a mode where she was asking, learning, 
And I just wonder how that appeared and, and was reflected in her work on the air. Any of you getting excited about what's going on with women's hoops in terms of this close to a sweep in the and the tough Arizona trip? Is it more positive your takeaway from that than fretting over the lead getting away? Any thoughts on that? We'll have a player on tomorrow to kind of explore some of that too. But if you'd like to join us now, open phones at 497-5356, 497-5356, either the text line or the phone line. We'd love to hear from you on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8. 245 Edward Jones member SIPC If you need a new roof see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors voted by readers of the newspaper as the best roofer in the valley for 21 and 2022 Stutzman and Krupp they employ a large team of roofers so they get in and get it done often in just one day ask about their special winter rates estimates are free and there's financing available too give them a call or stop by their showroom on Rye Street in Albany Stutzman and Krupp Contractors they do it right CCB number 96728 Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day, and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time, so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 North West 9th in Corvallis. The Landing at Tallman Brewing features the ultimate combination of mouthwatering food and unique Pacific Northwest craft beer, wine, cider, and entertainment. A community-driven, family, and pet-friendly establishment, Tallman Brewing hosts 30 taps and up to 10 food trucks with large indoor and heated outdoor dining areas. Check out the events page at tallmanbrewing.com for a list of happenings, including Tuesday night tacos and trivia along with live music. Tallman Brewing, where amazing food meets craft beverages. Open daily at 11 a.m. on the corner of Airport Road and Primrose Street. Street right off Main in Lebanon. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, this is the year to get it done. For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They've got a huge variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. So happy new year from Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of Second and Van Buren in downtown or CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. All right, we continue with the Joe Beaver Show 
here on this Tuesday. And, uh, Mike, as we go to the phones, Dave from nowhere, as he says. We're going to go to Dave from nowhere, not Tumwater, not, you know, our other, not the other Dave, not the yet the other other Dave. Lebanon Dave. We got a lot of Daves on this program. Too many Daves wrote Dr. Seuss, one of my favorite stories as a child. Too many Daves. Does, okay, I'm writing, I'm sending a text. And the, the question is, does 1130 or 1205 work Betty, I'm finishing up now. This That's is this good, live. This is live on the air. Right. Uh, it's fascinating you, radio. Tell the people who who we are, who you're texting. Does 11:30 or 12:05 work better for you tomorrow to one Mr. Stephen Jackson? The, the Stephen Jackson to talk about Damian Martinez and the Damnation Collective announcement yep. made earlier today. That they're both a part and of. I think, yeah, I think we're going to end up talking with both at some point, but I, I'm believing we're going to begin with Stephen tomorrow at one of those two offerings we just get. presented. That's a great get. So in the meantime, Dave from nowhere. <laughs> Dave, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, you got so many days. I got to differentiate myself <laughs> from, yeah. from all the others. But uh, I called in a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm a TCU alum mm-hmm. and also a Beaver fan. But uh, I remember to wrap things up in the college football season. I I gotta say, I was just humiliated uh, by that game mm-hmm. last night, and it was very embarrassing. Uh, to watch what unfolded there uh, in the national championship game. After such a, an amazing season, a really fun season for me and my friends, and uh, it just was a, a terrible end to a, a great season. And uh, I, uh, I'm sorry for anybody who had to watch that. Uh, Georgia, of course, is a five-star team, but uh, that that was a, a really a really bad experience for me. But segue to the Beavers, uh, you know, the TCU Horn Frogs caught lightning in a bottle this year uh, and managed to make it to the national championship game. And there's no reason the Beavers can't do that as well. Yeah, going 7-5 and making it to a bowl game, going 9-3, making it to a bowl game and winning, and aspirations for the Rose Bowl. Uh, any team could catch lightning in a bottle and have a fantastic season and make it to the national championship game. And the Beavers can do that as well. So just, uh, well, Dave, thank you. I'm feeling really bad today. Well, okay. And that's, and that's, and John, maybe your follow was going to be along similar lines. You're feeling really bad today. You're, you're almost apologetic as a TCU fan. We're sorry for that. But is it worth it? You know, I mean, does the pride of the season and going that far override, or does it not override that sense of humiliation you're feeling today? I think eventually it will override. Yeah, it was uh, really fun. And uh, I'm getting a lot of messages from friends that uh, are very gracious. And uh, it, 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 it was worth it. Yeah. But, you know, my wife had never been a sports fan until she discovered OSU women's basketball. And I got a funny story about that someday when you have two or three extra minutes. But I told her, you know, once you get invested in a team, mm-hmm. sooner or later they will break your heart. <laughs> and uh, 
No doubt. <laughs> that's, that's what happened to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, I have a grandson at the University of Georgia, and we were having so much fun in the lead-up to the game uh, after the semifinals. And the, the lad was very gracious last night. <laughs> the boy was raised right, and he, he said all the right things sure. to me. Well, anyway, your grandpa, uh, he's got he's got to be uh, respectful to grandpa. How cool for us in our small little little corner of the world that we have a TCU alum with a grandson at Georgia yeah. on our little show. Really cool. I think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Dave, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, I'd love to hear matchup. Dave, I'd, you know, John talked about curiosity. You piqued our curiosity both when you said if you have two or three extra, your wife's story about OSU women's basketball. Let me just tell you, we've got it. So what is that story? We'd love to hear how she kind of, I guess, got so uh, drawn to or hooked into OSU women's hoops. What is that story? Well, okay. Um, you know, I met this sweet little gal at TCU a long, long time ago. We've been married over half a century. And uh, for about the first 40 or 42 years of, of our marriage, uh, she cared nothing about any sport, <laughs> nothing at all. I mean, she would go watch our kids play soccer and Little League and the grandkids, and she'd watch me play recreational softball, but, but that was it. But um, we had the privilege of, uh, of living a seasonal lifestyle for about 15 years, and uh, the summer home was here in um, Corvallis, and the winter home was down in Georgia. And it was all about chasing grandkids back and forth. Mm-hmm. So during our winters in Georgia, she got in the habit of making a trip back to Corvallis in the winter time, and the excuse was to uh, our grandson's birthday at the end of February. But I would stay in sunny Georgia uh, at that time of year, and so she did this for 11 years, and in the early years, she came back one, one, one year, and I said, what did you do while you were in Corvallis? And she says, oh, I did this, I did that, went out to lunch with some friends, mm-hmm. did some work on the summer home. Oh, and our, our daughter-in-law and a couple of her friends took me out to an OSU women's basketball game. And I said, oh, what was that like? She said, well, it was kind of fun. You know, they have a player who's from Canada, and they have a player majoring engineering. They have a player from a good Christian family. Nothing about the game. Right. It's about some personality. Right. Okay, fast forward. Next year, she goes out in February, comes back early March. What did you do in Corvallis? Oh, I did this, I did that. You know, I spent some time in fitness over 50, and I did some crafts and did some child care. Oh, and I went to two OSU women's <laughs> basketball games. Well, what was that like? Well, it's kind of fun. They played in this neat old gym. They got a new coach. They're trying to build up the team. They won one. They lost one. Well, who'd they, who'd they beat? I don't know. Some team wearing blue. Okay. So... Fast forward to the next year, she comes back. What did you do in Corvallis? <laughs> Before any other answer, she says to me, can we get OSU wins basketball on our TV here nice. in Georgia? Nice. And I said, I don't think I have that cable mm-hmm. package. 
But I found a way to stream it, initially on an iPad, sitting on the coffee table in the living room, and then I bought the device to cast it from the iPad on the TV. I have never paid any attention to women's basketball. Mm -hmm. I knew UConn and Tennessee mm -hmm. were perennial powers. I knew who Pat Summit was at Tennessee, and that's about all I knew about women's basketball. So I'm sitting there one night, I'm reading the paper, and uh, the, the women's basketball game from Corvallis is on the TV, and this woman that I've been married to all these decades who has never been a sports fan suddenly starts yelling, get the rebound, get the rebound. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, what in the world has happened? <laughs> Scott Ruick and his women's basketball team have done something that I have not been able to do in four decades, <laughs> turn my wife into a sports fan. That's great. That is so, great. Subsequently, we, we moved to Corvallis permanently in 2016, living here year-round now, and I start going to Gill with her, taking her to Gill to some home games. And, of course, then I get hooked, mm -hmm. and now it's the one sport we can share together. Sweet. That and, is great. Yeah. That's a sweet story, Dave. Uh, we, we're going to get another caller in here before we wrap up the show, but thank you yeah. for taking the time to give us a, a perspective from a TCU Horn Frog alumnus, and your wife's story is a sweet one. I hope that, the, I believe stories like that in the women's basketball world and maybe even in Beaver baseball when it was rising to national championship levels and rising to the ability to go to a regional in Fort Worth and get yelled at by mean fans. <laughs> uh, you know, as we talked about the last time you called, uh, the, the that's a sweet story. And thank you for taking time to share it with us. And we hope to hear from you more often. Thanks, Dave, very much. Okay. Have fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the call. I love that. That's yeah, a that tremendous was, story. That was great. And women's hoops and other teams, as you yeah. said. If you do, though, if you do go down that road, as St. Augustine Augustine said, that's the reason why we can't, shouldn't put any of our heart and life into things of this world because they will break our heart. And C.S. Lewis says just the opposite. The St. Paul himself said he, you know, when Epaphroditus, his dear friend, died, he cried, and it broke his heart. If you love anything or love anyone, your heart's going to break at yeah, some point. That's right. And that's all Yellowstone and 1883 are all about, particularly 1883. <laughs> the narrator Elsa, pain, heartbreak. It's all she talks it's about like, and narrates. Yeah. And she's right. I can't argue with it. She's right. Now, Brooks Hatch. Uh, I think this is Brooks, who I think at one time, Brooks, were you an AP voter and can give us an insight into the process? I was, okay. and you vote uh, every Sunday. So anyhow, the the poll came out, the final poll came out this morning. Oregon's 15th, OSU's 17th. I'll be really quick here. They, I, I saw a site that had each individual voter's vote, all 25. And they had, so the guy that votes from Michigan had Oregon 9th, Beaver 16th. The guy that votes from Auburn had Oregon 8th, Beaver 17th. The guy that votes from Arkansas had Oregon State 11th, or I mean Oregon 11th, Oregon State 17th. The guy that votes from Missouri had the Beavers 9th, Oregon 18th. The guy that votes from Utah had 10 for Oregon and 16 for Oregon State. It, the amazing thing is 40 of the 63 voters rated Oregon State higher, but the discrepancy in the other 23 that voted Oregon higher was, I mean, amazing. It seemed to me, from what I saw, the farther you got away from the West Coast, 
the more the Oregon brand yeah. seemed to influence people's votes. That's interesting, Brooks. When you voted, how seriously did you take it in terms of trying to, how long did you have a vote and how much information when you were a voter were you privy to and, and how, I guess, how conscientious were you about going about that process? Yeah, you know, I had the vote for off and on. It's sheer. It's split between like us and the Register Guard and the, and Salem because the Oregonian they they got all highfalutin and, and said they couldn't vote because they didn't want to be newsmakers. So you know whatever. So yeah, I, I tried to be very serious about it. And and we put my ballot in the my ballot was in the paper every Monday. Uh, you know, I was covering Oregon State, so obviously I couldn't watch as much college football as I do now because I was at a game. But, uh, yeah, I tried to be very serious well, and, you know, and, and do it right and not be, you know, the Beavers were never very good when I was back in those days when I was voting. So, so they never not to be provincial, but still, yeah. you know, you, you got to be a little bit, I guess. But I, I just thought it was funny that the further you got away yeah. from the people who saw Oregon and Oregon State mm-hmm. on a weekly basis, the more it shifted towards. Oregon, and, and that's just all name recognition and, and, and name brand. And sometimes it is name recognition and name brand. I hate to say it, Brooks, I wouldn't want to ascribe uh, the inability to distinguish between the two, but I think, you know, I know in, in listening to the national broadcast, I mean, the other day when Kayvon Thibodeau did his his uh, snow angel thing after sacking Nick Foles and got a lot of heat for it because Foles was hurt, I don't think Kayvon right. knew, per se, but yeah, even yeah. so, just the the snow angel thing in itself, whether the guy's hurt or not, it's, you know, maybe not to everybody's taste. But and You're but, surprised that he, that he was the one who did it? Well, not necessarily. I'll, but I'll leave it at that. I was surprised that poor Kevin Harlan, one of the fine broadcasters, did you met, notice how he, Kayvon Thibodeau, the rookie from Oregon, uh, Oregon State, is celebrating on the field. He just thought, "I'll cover my, I'll cover my ground here," and and threw them both in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering but, if ignorance about who is which plays ever when you get you know certain voter uh, who won that game, which one is which? Because I hear it enough on national broadcasts, people lose the distinction between the two schools sometimes. Yeah, but and I but I also think is once you get ranked at a certain point. And, and you lose, you never fall as far as a team that hasn't been ranked True. and moved up, yep. if, if you know what I mean. Yep. I mean, Oregon State was what? We were 3-2 and two at one point. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and then even after we lost to, uh, we, I can say we now since I'm a season <laughs> ticket holder, since uh, who was our last loss to? to um, at, at Washington. At Washington. Uh, a good game. But we were only like 6 and, what was our record at that point? 5-3? and three? Could have been, like yeah. I'd, I'd have to, yeah. We finish strong, and it's tough to come up. True. As opposed to if you're ranked high in the year, no yeah. matter how far you lose, no matter how much you lose, you don't fall too far. Right. Thank you, Brooks, for the insight and the okay. research you did on it. We appreciate it. A couple of notes. Yeah. He says, I can say we now. Yeah. The One of those uh, ESPN channels I watched for a little bit yeah. was the radio broadcast for Georgia, and the mm. guy 
he and his his uh, a commentator were using we totally a hundred percent. What we need to do yeah, is here's what we need. Mm-hmm. And the play by play guy was saying we as well. Interesting. I was surprised by that. And something else Brooks said that I wanted to follow up on. Tomorrow, Stephen Jackson, either 11.30 or 12.05. At least that's the plan at this point based on our communication during the show today. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow, 12.40, Joe Radio. KEJO Corvallis. And translator, K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 12.40, Joe Radio.